paid advertising is sometimes really good and the best advertising. But if you don't have the funds to do paid advertising, then your energy budget has to be explosive. It has to be on the same level of Coca-Cola or, you know, FedEx. Best ever listeners, I want to mention Lima One Capital, and I found out about them through a guest that I was interviewing on the show, and he mentioned how he was scaling his business. He was actually buying 10 single-family homes within one year, and I asked him, how were you able to buy 10 single-family homes, and how were you financing that? He's like, oh, well, I just use an asset-based lender. I was like, who is that? And he told me it's Lima One Capital. I reached out to them afterwards, got to know them, and they are the sponsor of today's episode because they've got some unique lending programs. Uh, One of them is called Rental 30, where, as I mentioned, they're an asset-based lender. So they're lending based on the property's appraised value, as well as they look at the down payment that you're bringing to the table and the cash reserves. Uh, They'll lend up to 75% loan to value. And this is huge. This is huge because... Typically, as a single-family investor, uh, your lending strength is based on your personal income as well as how many properties you have, how many loans you have out. There's no restrictions on portfolio size with their Rental 30 program. Go to lima1capital.com forward slash best ever. Sign up. Learn more about the program. That's lima one Capital dot com forward slash best ever they also have a program for fix and flippers even if you haven't done a fix and flip they'll still lend to you they've been in the business uh since 2010 so they've been around the block they know their underwriting guidelines they're not loosey-goosey but they do have a very specific uh criteria um that helps beginning fix and flippers get their fix and flip projects done as well as experienced fix and flippers they reward you as an experienced fix fix and flipper and you actually get a lower interest rate and lower origination fee again go to lima1capital.com forward slash best ever and some legal stuff i have to say it is lima one capital llc and the NMLS ID number is 1324403. And their address is 201 East McBee Avenue, Suite 300, Greenville, South Carolina, 29601. Again, lima1capital.com forward slash best ever. If you're looking for a fix and flip loan or if you're looking for a buy and hold investment property, and you're trying to finance it and you want it to be asset-based, lima1capital.com forward slash best ever. Best ever listeners, hello, hello. How you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless, and this is a show where we cut out the fluffy stuff. We don't talk about it. We only talk about the best advice that moves your business forward in real estate as a real estate investor or professional or real estate entrepreneur, as I like to say. With us today, we've got Brian Harris, definitely an active real estate investor and entrepreneur. How you doing, Brian? I'm wonderful, man. How about yourself? I am wonderful, too. Thank you so much for asking. A little bit about Brian, and then he'll get into it in more detail. He has bought, sold, and wholesaled 89 properties in 2015. I imagine 89 total, and it uh, is, you, know, you, you either bought and sold them or you wholesaled them, right? Right, correct. Yeah. All right, 89 total transactions in 2015, 
and he has done over 500 properties in his career. He's based in Memphis, Tennessee, and you can check out his website. It's homes410k, and it's H-O-M-E-S-F-O-R-1-0-K.com, which, as he likes to say, is the number one source for low-price real estate in the South. With that being said, Brian, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Well, yeah, man. I mean, just a little bit about myself. I've been involved in real estate uh, investing for about 10 years. I got started when I was about 25 years old, man. And um, I saw I had made a little bit of money in a a business that I had started uh, when I was 21, actually a network marketing company I had joined. I was one of the top five money earners in that company from 21 to 25. And uh, I was staying at home with my mom and dad at the time, and I was able to save up pretty much every dime that I made. I didn't have any expenses or any overhead. I just bought a fancy car, right? <laughs> and, um, and so my biggest thing was back then, man, I didn't want to blow the money that I had saved. I wanted to be smart with it. I had, I think around that time, MC Hammer, uh, we had heard about his stories, and I didn't want to have the MC Hammer story, you know, like made millions. And, <laughs> but you still bought so. the fancy car. I bought the fancy <laughs> car, man. I had to buy the fancy car. <laughs> and so what happened, I, I ended up reading books and uh, about real estate from your Robert Kiyosaki's to Oprah. I read an article on Oprah. I think I was sitting in a, a office or something, and I read an article. And I saw her where she said, I made my money in broadcasting, but I hold on to my wealth in real estate. And I was like, dang, you know, that's me. I, wanna, I, I didn't make my money in broadcasting, but I made it in something else. But I want to hold on to it. And then so, of course, anything Oprah says is pretty much gold. Right. So from there, it just kind of sparked the interest. And one thing leads to another man. And uh, my footsteps were ordered to where I, I, I ran into an old friend. I saw him at a movie theater and I told him what I wanted to do. He was actually a real estate agent. And uh, we went out looking at some foreclosure properties at the time. And in 2005, uh, Joe, the, the market was heading downward, I guess. So it was a good time to start buying. But I, I, I had watched the show, so I knew about flipping. You know, I wanted to flip. I didn't want to hold on or, or build passive income. I didn't know any better. So uh, he said, well, Harris, you can't flip in this market. That's what they call me, Harris, by my last name. Harris, you can't flip in this market. This is not. A... So I'm one of those guys, man. You can't tell can't, right? So I'm like, <laughs> man, let's just, let's just do it, and we'll see what happens. So back to the fancy car. I had a 745 BMW uh, at the time, and uh, it was paid for we had bought a house together. He was like, we'll do the first one together. I'm like, cool. So we, we split it up half and half, 17000 apiece. And uh, I was nervous wreck. I mean, it was the first transaction. I'm reading over every line in the contract, right? And it's just a simple, basic contract. I'm like, hey, what does this mean? You know, so are you trying to get me? You know, so he, um, he said, okay, Harris, this is what we'll do. We had bought the house. We had fixed it up. And he was going to stick a renter in it for $700 a month. And I'm like, oh, so, you know, I'm going to make $350 a month, really? You know, so I'm, I'm not too excited about it. So he said, Harris, look, I really like your car. So back to the car. The car <laughs> actually turned out to be a good thing. He said, I'll give you the full title to the, to the house for the keys to your car and the title. I was like, dang, you know. So I, I said, hell yeah, you know, like, let's do it. And uh, so I, we did the transaction. And I had full title, and within like two months, I sold the house for like sixty-seven thousand dollars, and so I made that money back plus profit. I was hooked from then on. I had flipped. I flipped so many properties within the ne- within the next like three years, and then before you know it, the market took a dive. So I, I had to learn a new strategy. So I went into rentals, and uh, I ended up buying over a hundred properties in my portfolio, a hundred rental properties, and. Um, 
you know, rented them out, et cetera. Section eight. I, I read this book called the Section Eight Bible and Landlord on Autopilot. Great books if you want to be a landlord. And uh, it taught me how to run my rental operation, man. And so from there, I end up, you know, being hit hard by the economy or I can blame it on that or over leverage myself, whatever you want to case. And I, I lost some properties, you know, it got hit. I think kind of how, how everybody else got hit. And you know, I ran I ran across the opportunity of wholesaling. And uh, where, you know, my capital wasn't as strong, but, you know, I needed inventory. I still had buyers in my in my pipeline that I could build and build onto. And the market had started to come back, like, you know, two or three years later, back in 2013 or so. And um, I came across uh, Sean Terry's operation, uh, Flip to Freedom. And, man, I read that and it was just like, Joe, I was like, oh, my God. So you mean to tell me I didn't have to use my own money unless I wanted to? Because I, I, now I believe in passive income. I buy a lot for myself. And I'll tell you my strategy in just a second. But I was like, man, I don't have to use my own money. I can get a person to agree to sell me their house, sign a contract with them. And I can take that contract and I can market that contract and make the profit in between. Dude, say no more. So you can just imagine the intensity behind having made you know millions of dollars and then losing it per se, and then having the opportunity to come back and make it. I went full steam ahead, man. And I think that's that's the big reason why I know what exactly what I want. I know how I'm going to get it. And so I'm relentless with my efforts on a daily basis to make sure it happens. And I think that's one of the big reasons for the success that we've been having as a team. Wow. That's a, <laughs> I have so many questions for you, Brian. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> so many, my mind is like going bonkers right now. But fortunately, I've written them all, them all down as you've been talking. So that's okay. a good thing. Let me get very, very, very tactical on a question that I'm just selfishly curious about. And then we'll get into more substantive questions. You said you traded the BMW for the house. What are the num? How much was the BMW worth? What was the house worth? And because you said you sold the house for sixty-seven k, so I'm just trying to figure out what were the numbers behind both I sides. I bought that BMW. I want to say about two and a half years prior for I think about thirty-five thousand or something like that. And I had put about I, my business. I had to travel a lot and do meetings all around the country, so I drove that BMW everywhere from beach from Memphis to Detroit to Chicago, to Atlanta, like the Chitlin circuit is what they call it, every week. So I had about 200 and some thousand miles on it. So the resale value wasn't really that high. You're talking about I made a trade of pretty much an even trade of what my investment was of $35,000, and I pretty much, pretty much made it back. Um, so, you know, it was a good deal for me. And more importantly, it gave me, I, I like to call it as busting my cherry, it gave me the the um, the end result that I needed to know that I can do it again. You know, one thing I believe is if you do it once, you can do it 100 more times or 1,000 more times. And just to make sure I fully understand those numbers, you had a car that was worth 35000 you I bought it for thirty five. Right, right, right. Know. You bought, right, right. Sorry, sorry. You bought it for thirty five. It was worth less because you put on a, a hundred, hundred thousand or two hundred thousand miles uh, on it. Then you traded that for a house that was worth sixty seven thousand. Is that correct? It was worth did, about seventy five. Yeah. But you sold it for sixty seven, right? Yeah. Okay. You correct. sold it for you sold it for sixty seven. Did you put? Did you have any other costs involved in that transaction? Just other than we took about a couple grand each to fix it up. So you're talking about I was in about 19000 total. You were in uh, 19000 Because oh, I bought it for, for 34000 and we paid 17000 a piece. 
and we put about 4,000 in it total. So 2,000 me, 2,000 him to fix it up. And uh, so we're in about 19,000 a piece. Okay. So you're in by him, you mean your business partner? Yeah. The guy who got the uh, BMW. Okay. You paid how much out of pocket? 19,000? 19,000. 19,000. And you gave him a car. Right. Okay. You gave him a car plus $19,000. The car, let's say, conservatively worth 20,000. I don't know. Uh, so you're in for 39,000. And then he received a car and he gave you the house, right? Okay, so thirty nine k for a sixty seven thousand dollar house, and you put a couple thousand dollars more into it. So call it, you know, say what forty thousand, something like that. Easy. 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 Yeah. Okay. Got it. All right. Now, now that I, I just that's that's clear in my mind. Let's move on to the larger stuff. You bought a hundred rentals in your portfolio. How are you buying those? Well, at the time, man, there was a. Uh... I had a friend, well, not had, I still have a friend. He was he was a banker, and he was telling me, I, I found out about this company uh, that did hard money loans, you know, in Memphis, Tennessee. It had a strong concentration in Memphis, Tennessee. And I didn't know what a hard money loan was, but, you know, they explained it to me what it was. Hey, look, you can borrow this money at 12 14%. And so my thing was, okay, how much is it going to cost me every month, okay? Uh, this $20,000 is going to cost me, let's just say, $400 a month. That's with all of your high interest and everything. I'm going to rent it out for 600 to $700 a month. And that's the great thing about Memphis. The rental market here is amazing. Like the return, what you buy something for and what you make on it is phenomenal in great areas. And so I'm going to make $700 a month on it. I'm the type of person, I don't care what your interest rate is as long as I'm profiting on you know the money that I'm using. My friend who's the banker, go back to him. He's with traditional banking, didn't really understand investing. He was like, dude, you get raped on the interest rate. You, you know, you're crazy for doing that. And I'm like, no way. So he didn't get it. So, you know, you're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars later, uh, nice passive income later. He was like, now I understand what you were doing. You know, but by that time, uh, we had uh, about two or three hard money lenders in our pocket, man, that allowed us to buy up a huge portfolio um, that we were able to rent out on passive income. What happened, man, in the market crash or whatever, the Section 8 market, believe it or not, one of the most secure ways to um, get rental income, it shut down for about a year and two months or so to where no funding was paid. So any money that you were supposed to collect on rent, you didn't get it, you know, for months. When the economy shut down, it literally shut down. And that's kind of what, what, what phased out into us, you know, losing some of the properties, et cetera, which the banks were understandable about that. I mean, because they verified it. I mean, it happened to a lot of investors here in the Memphis area. The funding had stopped. But uh, we had a lot of hard money lenders that pumped money into this market for rentals. And we were getting properties that were worth like fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 for like, you know, $20,000, having to fix them up for five or 10000 And so we're all in at about 30000 maybe. And uh, making about, you know, six to $700 a month on them, gross. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was just a, a game changer for me because my thing was, okay, instead of me going out and buying a car again, I would buy the income that I wanted for the car note. And so I would make the house note or rent from it, pay for my toys that I wanted to buy. And uh, it was just a beautiful thing. I live by that concept now. And that's what I was saying as far as my portfolio now. I have a lot of properties that I wholesale, but what I do is I, I still buy for rental purposes. I buy to buy income. And so I put the houses that I haven't gotten around to rehabbing yet on my site. So every house on my site are, are houses that I will keep in my portfolio if they're not sold by the time I get around to rehabbing. 
And so I think that's the good thing about it is because, you know, if if I've gotten to around to something that a person, you know, took their time on making a decision on, by the time I get around to getting it and it's gone, it's in my portfolio. And so a lot of my buyers know that many of the properties or all of the properties that they see on my site are properties that I'll end up getting myself if nobody else does. How many properties do you currently have in your personal portfolio? Uh, about 48 now. And do you manage? Yeah, I manage my own. I have my own little operation, man. I, I, like I said, I read this book called Landlord on Autopilot. I use that exact system to run my operation. The properties that you, you mentioned that you lost, uh, and you mentioned earlier that you lost millions of dollars, how, how much did you lose? How many properties and, and how many millions did you lose? Um, probably about 30 or so properties that uh, we end up losing. But I mean, as far as, no, I didn't, I didn't necessarily lose millions of dollars, but I lost millions of dollars in equity. You could say that, but more so, um, it was just kind of like when the properties that I had on section eight, when they stopped paying the market, when it turned around and they stopped paying, you know, we couldn't float that note without letting them go in a nutshell. So once again, we talked to the banks and once again, they were understandable and, you know, were able to work something out with the Section 8 people to, you know, keep it cash flow. So it was a win-win for everybody, but we just couldn't continue to float that, that payment until the rents came back around because there was no definite date. Yeah, now we know that it was a year and two months later, but there was no definite date of when Section 8 was going to come back and start paying. With the properties that you have, what's a typical property? Num- what are the numbers and the the rent? My average rents are about six, seven hundred dollars a month on average. I mean, you got some areas that rent for eight, nine hundred dollars a month, and some that rent for eleven hundred to twelve hundred. But the typical is about seven hundred dollars a month, and they can be bought for as little as you know five thousand dollars to as much as you know twenty or thirty thousand dollars on average, and that's an all-in price. Like one property I'm renting out right now, I actually bought it for $500 and I put about $2,000 in it to fix it up and I'm renting it out for $600 a month. You bought it for 500 bucks, putting in putting <laughs> yeah. in 2000 mm-hmm. and how much are you renting it for? 600 a month. In Memphis? Yeah. All right. How did you find that property? That sounds like a Craigslist property. No, uh-uh. I do Google AdWords. I don't do anything else but Google AdWords. So if uh, a person finds me, they find me off YouTube or Google. That's pretty much my whole advertising operation. Really? Let's talk about that. What does your ad say in Google AdWords? I don't know. I have a, a campaign manager, man, um, that runs everything for me. Um, he's absolutely amazing. I will give his information if you want me to. Yeah, who is it? His name is Brendan Holmes. His I got his. I actually never talked to him on the phone. It sounds crazy, <laughs> but um, but we communicate via email. His email is brendan.ppc at sourcem.com. Brendan b r e n d a n. He's gonna probably kill me, right? Dot ppc at s o a r s e m dot com. He is phenomenal. Um, he runs the whole show for me. I mean, I started out you know small with him just to see what I can do. Uh, he has a management fee, and it's you know it ranges you know for each person's budget, I'm sure. But I started out, I think it was like 550 bucks a month for the management. But he you know runs my whole operation, makes sure I'm not overspending on keywords, AdWords, uh, monitors that, sets up the conversion tracking, and uh, even though I can log in and see the report on my own on AdWords, he sends a report you know every week, every month, etc. 
it lets me know what we can do. Also, uh, Google retargeting, where you know if a person clicks on my ad but they don't convert, what happens now? We just recently integrated this. This is really cool. Uh, it follows the the person who clicked on the ad around the internet until they buy, die, or tell me to stop. Right. So, but they can't tell me to stop unless they clear their cookies. So if they're on Facebook, if they're searching the web, my ad pops up in their face, et cetera. So my ads are just pretty much in a nutshell, you know, sell your house fast, I'm sure, something like that. But we use a system, Sean Terry's uh, system, some of his keywords, but every market is different. So that's the thing about having a campaign manager, even though we, you know, use the information from that course to use some of his keywords your market is specific. So some keywords don't work in others. So you don't want to overspend. So he kind of manages that to make sure he takes out what's not working, what is working. And uh, I got a nice, you know, budget marketing budget that I set aside as we build up the revenue from it. We started out at about $10 a day, Joe, for Google AdWords. And here's the thing. It wasn't one of those things that I wanted to say, uh, wanted to say, I'm going to try it. I'm going to do it. That's period. And so by me doing it, it's just a part of my business. It's not something that I'm going to try for a month because I don't think you could try Google AdWords. I think you just do Google AdWords, have the experts do it. I believe in paying the experts to do what they do best while I, so that I can do what I do best. So paying the experts to do what they do best and by them doing that, it allowed me to focus on other things and um, make sure that my campaign was running successfully. So $10 a day now, you know, I think we go up anywhere some days to 50 to 100 to $200 a day that we're willing to spend. But in our market, um, in other markets too, it doesn't really take all that. You know, like last night we got in about three. I tell you this, this is a good one, Joe. The very first day we opened up Google AdWords. Now, this wasn't typical, but I'm sure it's not. But we got a Google AdWords lead. And I'm saying that because it's relevant to today. Mm-hmm. We got a Google AdWords leads in. And uh, the property was worth $100,000. And we offered the Google AdWords lead $7,000. Well, uh, come to find out, they didn't have a will and it was a pro, you know, it needed to go into probate. So we have a, a killer follow up system that we use with Podio, set up by Dan Swartz. Absolutely amazing. So we follow up with them automatically. So as soon as you enter our funnel, you get an automatic text, you get an automatic email for the next year. So and, you know, we personally go through our leads and follow up as well. But those are uh, set automated. So now about a month ago, we followed up with them personally as a, he's like, yeah, I've been getting your emails. I was going to call you as soon as we got a probate. We're going to be going into probate this week and we'll have everything finalized. Thank you. So that we he's like, we don't have to go try to find anybody else to sell it to your guys. You were at the top of our list, you know, because you guys stayed in contact with us. Like, Cool. So they went up on the price a little bit to like. Uh, 12 grand or something like that. But here's the here's the killer part. The killer part is um, this just happened. We got the house on the contract and we're probably going to move it out off the books for, you know, at least 30, 40, 50,000 dollars. It's a great property, great area, uh, amazing property to flip. And once again, if nobody buys it, we'll buy it and flip it. <laughs> so, I mean, it's a win-win all the way around. But that came from Google AdWords, our very first one. Huh. And um, yeah. Yeah, and I love how usually I have to ask to, to share the numbers, but you you preempted that by sharing 
the numbers already with how much you're spending a day and how much you're paying in a management fee, the 550 a month uh, in management and then the you know 10 to even up to $200 a day that you're paying. You you also mentioned YouTube. People find you there. What what's your presence look like on YouTube? Well, I mean, I just do a video. I do I did probably about and and that's one of the things too. I sit down if I have something I need to do, I'll sit down and do it. And I dedicate, you know, a couple hours to doing that and completing it. You know, what they say done is better than perfect. Um, and so I make sure I get it done. And I did probably about 30 or 40 videos about, hey, look, if you're looking for such and such, you know, I'll buy your house. I'm an I'm investor in the area. I'm looking to buy more houses, me and my wife. And uh, fill out the form or go to the website below in the description. And, um, you know, we'll give you a call back. And, and the house that I bought for $500, I got that one off of a YouTube lead. Free. Doesn't cost anything. That's free. Just putting your information out on the web. And so what happens also is I do little tip videos and motivation like I love speaking if you can't tell <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so I have, it's like this though Joe I have to get it out of me so that I can get more in so I'll, I'll use that to release that information on the video and just put it out there so I do these little motivational two three minute motivational videos um, I don't know who looks at them uh, but sometimes I get messages back hey this was so inspirational but what what also happens is that leads them to another video that hey look if you're looking to sell your house hey that's the same guy and so they may have a house or they may know someone and we get leads like that too so it's just a matter of you know if I can get out 30 or 40 videos uh, on a monthly or quarterly basis I'm just doing my best to dominate the airwaves the free airwaves to get information out there you know hmm if you had to uh, pick one of those approaches, either YouTube or Google AdWords, which one would you take? It depends on uh, how much I got in my bank account. So if my thing is every business that I do attempt to start or start, uh, I'm keeping expenses low and uh, profits high. So I'm going to use the, the free mediums first, you know, if I don't have it. And I know that by me doing the free mediums or utilizing those techniques to um, uh, make a massive effort with it, meaning not just posting one video. If, like, for instance, if a person is listening to this and they say, man, he did 30 videos in a month. Well, what I would do if I heard that same information, I would do 300 videos. And so what I would do is I would maximize my efforts um, in a large quantity so that I can generate a faster result. And when I generate a faster result, it gives me the revenue that I need so that I can go pay for some better, you know, ways to get, you know, because, of course, paid advertising is sometimes really good and the best advertising. But if you don't have the funds to do paid advertising, then your energy budget has to be explosive. It has to be on the same level of Coca-Cola or, you know, FedEx. They may have billions of dollars to spend in marketing, but my energy budget has to match that. So I'm going to pour into what I need to do on an energy level and give it my all 1,010% and uh, take it to the next level with that until my my energy can get my money to match it. You got me? I got gotcha. you. I love it. I lo and I, you've coined a new term for me, and that's energy budget. So thank you for that. <laughs> I like that. I just came up with that. <laughs> You're that we'll, good. We'll do a video about that one. Right? Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Brian, what's your best real estate investing advice ever? Best real estate investing advice ever is to know what you want. Be definite about what you're doing. I mean, you know, I talk to a lot of people and they're unsure in what they want from their business. 
So if you unsure, it's kind of the same analogy. You know, you're going to be like a ship with no sail. You know, like if you don't know, how do you expect your team or your vision to know? You know, so it's just like a GPS. You go inside and you mentally type in where you want to go. And it, it, you don't necessarily have to know. The great thing about this is you don't have to know how. If you know the what, the how will take care of itself. That's, that's something that a lot, a lot of people don't really understand or know. But the way God has set up everything or whatever you believe in is be definite about the end result and the how will, will work itself out. The how will be presented to you. So be definite. Like if I if I want a million dollars, why do I want a million dollars? You know, I mean, if I have no purpose for that million dollars, it's going to be kind of hard for me to get. So as opposed to saying I want a million dollars in my bank account, what am I actually going to do? I may realize that, damn, I, I, I can do what I want to do with $100,000 or $300,000. Well, that may be I want to travel. I want to go on a new vacation every week. So, okay, what is it that you want? Plan it out. Okay, so what what is it that, you know, if I'm definite about it, okay, I want to have uh, $500,000 so that I can give away $50,000 to who needs it or whatever the case may be. I can fund my marketing business with this much money. I can travel and go this place uh, um, with this much. I don't really need that much. Actually, when I look it up, I may say, hey, look, I want to go to uh, like my son. We took him to uh, the Lakers game for Christmas. We wanted to sit pretty close and come to find out you though, I'm thinking like, damn, I want to sit by Jack Nicholson because in Memphis, I can get those seats for like $1,000. In, in uh, L.A., you know, those seats by Jack Nicholson, 100000 or whatever the case may be. But we got pretty damn close, and it was only like $3,000 total for me, my wife, and my three boys. So it wasn't what I thought it was. So what I'm saying is I wanted to be – you have to be definite about it and how it presented itself. We got our butt on StubHub and got the tickets for $3,000 total and uh, had that experience. So I knew what I wanted to do. And uh, was able so be definite is my is my number one. I know you was gonna probably be like, man, I wanted some real estate advice. But if you're not definite, it's nothing. Everything else follows from being definite. You'd like uh, Simon Sinek's YouTube video or TED Talk if you haven't listened to that already. I think it's uh, know the reason why or something like that. I'm showing Bertrand it. All right, well, you ready for the best ever lightning round? Love it. What does that mean? Tell me. That, that, that means I'm going to ask you a lot of quick hitting questions. Oh, shoot. I love this. I love you see this on TV. Okay. I love it. Let's fuck it All right. As uh, seen on TV, just one second. First, we've got to take a break for a word from our sponsors. Do you want to learn more about turnkey property investment? Then I would go check out ohiocashflow.com. The founder, Angelo Ramora, has been on the show multiple times, both for Situation Saturday as well as sharing his advice. You can check out his advice, episode 52, and you can check out his Situation Saturday where he talks about some mistakes he made in episode 410. This guy calls himself the real estate dingo. I mean, he's very entertaining. Go to ohiocashflow.com, and you're you're able to get a turnkey property investment ebook for free by going to ohiocashflow.com. All right, what's the best ever book you've read? Thank you, Grow Rich. And then we're also going to add in the Section 8 Bible because you mentioned that a couple times yeah. too. Best ever personal growth experience and what did you learn from it? Oh, personal growth experience was losing everything and realizing that everything else was, you know, I had to get my mental right and everything else that I, everything that I ever wanted was on the inside of me already. And all I had to do was go inside and everything else would be revealed on my outside. 
Best ever deal you've done? Um, one that I got in the works is worth $400,000, one deal. What are, the, what are the numbers? Like how much are you buying it for? What's it worth? What do you have to put it for? 375 selling it for 775 or something like that. Or $385, or something like that. And I'm selling it for uh, $750 and uh, don't have to touch it. How did you find that one? Google AdWords. And where, <laughs> what, what city is that located in? Oh, Memphis. That's in Memphis too. Yeah, I have a strong concentration in Memphis. You're based in Memphis, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Best ever way you like to give back? By giving um, my time, my energy, information, and money. To? To people that I know, uh, people that have uh, helped me along the way, or people that I see a need. Sometimes I'm one of those guys I'll just give to a person on the street just because it's laid on my heart, too. Uh, my wife, my kids, my mother, my... Um, sisters friends and sometimes people that i don't know my, my team title company i'll walk in like today i'm going to walk in and give away a couple gift cards out to like this fancy restaurant to most of the women in there that operate on the title just because so i love giving that's one of the biggest things about me i'm a big giver man i feel that's how i can express my love what is the biggest mistake you've made in real estate Biggest mistake I've made in real estate, man. You got some good questions. Biggest mistake I've made in real estate is over leveraging myself, um, taking out too much, too many loans uh, when I had the cash to, you know, operate or buy it, you know. Um, and it's kind of like I learned that it was like a deck of cards, you know, like, you know, you can build a foundation on the deck of cards and it, 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 you'll blow it wrong way and it'll fall like a loaded gun. If you use it the wrong way, it'll mess you up. So over leveraging myself and realizing that, hey, you know, sometimes I can pay cash for some of these deals and I don't need to take out a loan. And what's the best place the best ever listeners can reach you? Best place is Facebook. Message me on Facebook. You'll probably get me every single time. But, you know, go to our website, homes10k.com or email me at info at homesfor10k.com, I-N-F-O at homesfor10k.com. All right, and if they search Brian Harris, is that Brian the, S. Harris. If you Brian search S. Harris. Brian S. Harris, uh, it's a picture of me just smiling, my big face smiling. In <laughs> and I got a fan page, too. If you search Brian dollar sign Harris, the dollar sign instead of S, Brian Dollar Sign Harris. I have a fan page. I check that all the time. No, nah, we want the real thing. We want to talk to you. I uh, no, 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 but that's me though. I don't have anybody doing it for me. <laughs> yeah, it's all me, man. That's what I'm saying. Facebook is my haven. Like that's my office. We don't have a physical office. We have we we operate out of Facebook. Nice. Well, Brian, thank you for being on the show and sharing your story, your advice with the best ever listeners and talking about the importance of Google AdWords in your your marketing approach, as well as the, the 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 free content or the free platform, YouTube, and combining both of those. And really, I think listening to your story, I mean, you're very candid with what you talk about, your successes and your failures, although I'm sure you wouldn't consider them failures, but your your peaks and valleys, we'll, say, right, we'll call it go. that, your peaks and valleys. Uh, and I, I just love having a conversation with someone like you who is transparent and and talks about both you know the good and the character building experiences right. as i like to call it um the coming some of the takeaways 
that I, I got from this conversation. There were a lot, but uh, one is your emphasis on Google AdWords, how much you're paying the you know 10 to $200 a day and the leads that that got you. Another takeaway is the make massive effort uh, when you decide to do something. And you said, if, if I heard myself talking and I heard th 30 videos a month, then I would do 300 videos. Right. I, I love that mentality. Uh, and the term that you mentioned, the energy budget, your energy, if your if your if your monetary budget is low, then make sure that your energy budget so right. makes up, makes up for that. Um, and then, uh, lastly, I, I will say that when you said the personal growth experience, how everything you ever wanted was on the inside already, there's a incantation that I do on a fairly regular basis and it's from Tony Robbins, but it's all I need is within me now. I just repeat all I need is within me now and that, that it reminded me of that. So thank you so much for being on the show, talking about your story and I hope you have a best ever day. Talk to you soon. Thank you so much, Joe. Do you want to learn more about turnkey property investment? Then I would go check out ohiocashflow.com. The founder, Angelo Ramora, has been on the show multiple times, both for Situation Saturday as well as sharing his advice. You can check out his advice, episode 52, and you can check out his Situation Saturday where he talks about some mistakes he made in episode 410. This guy calls himself the real estate dingo. I mean, he's very entertaining. Go to ohiocashflow.com and you're, you're able to get a turnkey property investment ebook for free by going to ohiocashflow.com.